Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. We're going to have an Oracle Soup conversation that is actually a little more on the serious side of things, but something that Gina and I, my dear Oracle Soup sister, are quite versed in it, so I really hope you can uh, listen to the entire podcast and um, kind of, it's it's a topic that I think I'm glad to say a lot more people are interested in these days. Gina, have you noticed that more people are talking about this? Yes, I, I myself have been um, actively talking about uh, shadow work with tarot uh I've been interested in it for a number of years. I did a presentation on it back in 2013. And so, yes, and and I think eventually all roads lead to shadow work in terms of tarot as a tool. And so, yes, I, I think it's very important and most people are interested and even in the whole scope, uh, the macrocosm of the tarot community, it has, um, moved itself to the forefront of our our what we're thinking about and actually i'm glad you brought in that historical perspective because you know when i think about when i first started uh, my blog and started communicating and exchanging with people online and trying to promote this whole idea of tarot counseling and ethics as a, a whole different approach to tarot um that goes hand in hand with shadow work. And especially with my book that came out in 2010, an introduction to transformative tarot counseling, the whole transformational element is the fact that one is willing to be changed within the reading process. And part of that has to do with integrating or at least unveiling aspects of one's shadow. And we'll be talking more about that in the second half of our podcast. But, um, we have a tarot card that we wanted to explore with you that is often associated with shadow work. That's right. Um, that card being the moon. And Katrina actually likes that for shadow work. I think there are several cards in the deck that can represent shadow or the shadow. However, the moon is ultimately associated with dark, right? with things that happen at night, dark side of the moon, uh, metaphorically speaking, and, uh, you know, things that are hidden or unseen, especially at, you know, when you think of in nighttime shadows. So this is the the, 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 um, reason why it's it's the theme um, or showcase card for this topic. Right. And as Trump or key number 18 And especially being so, you know, if you're following the Duel's journey through the Major Arcana, it's one of the last cards. And for me, it's that part that says, 
yeah, you may have insight about what these issues are, what the shadowy material is. Have you truly, truly integrated it yet? So, for instance, the moon itself is a solid orb. It itself doesn't emit any light. It only reflects the light. And, of course, that's what we're doing with the tarot reading. When we're trying to look at the shadow, we're going, what's the side of the moon I can't quite see? It's all one moon. It's just that some of it's easier to see or more accessible than other parts. So I do think of the moon card as representing this illumination or the lack of illumination and that kind of work where we go below the surface mm-hmm. and try to bring things to the surface and bring light to them well think about things that most of the art in uh, the the moon card you know sometimes there's um, a wolf and a dog some sort of canine and then you have um, a crustacean a crawfish um, and you have you know water and or path when it shows up for me in a reading uh, typically I look at a person's psychic ability and their intuition because again shadows knocking at the door and if they're paying attention to that um, I also look at, I, I think it represents deception and lies and untruths, not only to others, but to self. Again, that's a shadow aspect. When you are hiding in plain sight, you're deceiving yourself and or others. And so, again, if you if you keep flipping it all, all sorts of ways in terms of meanings and interpretation and its use, um, it, it ends up saying there is something to be discovered, some light. Uh, the moon has a different light than the sun. The moon has a different light than the star. So when you think in terms of the, like you said, it's not really even a light, it's a reflection, whereas these other two emit a light. So in a sense, we tend to, um, when the shadow doesn't uh, have its own way of a source, it kind of is ignored um, as most of the dark side of the moon. It's like that hidden place you don't really get to see, um, but it's there. But how is it going to come out and be reflected and show up? So we hope to explore these aspects of ourselves and working with Tarot. And we invite you to continue listening, uh, to download this podcast if you like. And of course, as always, we love for you to subscribe to our podcast. And that's oraclesoup.org. And to share, share this with others. You know, you can talk to us about sharing this through your own um, resources or if you have a blog or something and you'd like to link to us, we would welcome that as well. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next... Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Oh, boy, do we have, I guess you could call it a hot topic, a deep topic, or something that's just so unusual or difficult. And it's shadow work. You know, shadow work. Uh, Of course, that sounds like magic to some people. That may sound like um, uh, working with the invisible realm to some I know my leanings is more towards a Jungian interpretation like Carl Jung and the idea of the shadow. What about you, Gina? When you think of shadow work, what comes up for you? Well, in the way that I present and talk about to uh, not only my clients um, and those that I've taught, 
is shadow work for me is is a way of finding resistant vibrations is is the perfect explanation for it so in these usually are vibrations unique to each individual. So what that means is that how you uh, align with sources of light versus sources of dark. And so um, it's easy to explain because people think shadow work, typically when you hear that, would associate it with with something um, negative. But uh, it's 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 not. It's about finding light rather than looking at dark. You know, I would even spin off on that a little bit. I, I think it's bringing things to the the surface, which means shining light on them, so you can see them rather than keeping them unconscious. And of course, that goes back to the idea of Jung. And you know, a lot of times, people you'll see a an iceberg as a symbol of what he considers to be the conscious and the unconscious. The conscious meaning the tip of the iceberg that's floating above the surface of the water, the ocean. And then, but below, you've got all the personal unconscious, the collective unconscious, and all these things that get further and further and further away from our awareness. And in many ways, the shadow is those aspects of our personality um, that we don't see, but chances are other people see it in us. Sometimes we project it onto other people in other situations without actually owning it ourselves. So to me, those are the immediate shadows trying to get our attention. Those are the ones that we really do best to bring more, again, light and awareness to so that it can be seen clearly, plainly, and embraced in some way or another. This is definitely a very um, sort of like a holistic approach to the psyche where there's nothing to be thrown away. You know, what do you think, Gina? Yes, um, it's it's interesting when you in in terms of what you do, and if you're working with someone and doing shadow work, you know, you have to to, um, and I guess in all of the work that we do, it's about acknowledging those true parts or those parts that, as you said, seem so far away from us. And uh, another way to describe that would be parts of ourselves that are unacknowledged or that we deny in some way so with that said it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to you're denying some part of yourself for instance that would be of a negative connotation say for instance as being you know um constantly not telling truths or something like that but it would be um, latent talent sometimes so um, for instance um, wanting to be an artist but having to had to to focus on other aspects especially typically in 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 younger times where you've had to uh, adjust your life and you haven't been able to pay attention to say for instance your creative desires so that creative desire in a sense becomes a shadow and well, so, <laughs> yeah, it's so part of your most wonderful self that you don't even embrace or see, or you project it onto other people. Oh, that person's a fabulous artist, but I could never do that. You know, so it's kind of ways of making your light smaller, isn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, one of the ways um, shadow is created is through um different aspects of being reared, right? Sometimes uh, in society, we have to learn 
what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable. And mm. so to be free to express yourself, so a lot of young people today, and in terms of even gender identity, could be play into roles of shadow. Um, and so we um, get to learn what to deny and what to accept about ourselves. And, um, you know, you you put you put that unaccepted part into kind of a bag. So the bag itself is the shadow. It's so the shadow bag. It's, it's, it's the shadow bag, right? And it, it's those things that are repressed or suppressed, like you're talking about because it's taboo or whatever in that culture. And so there's the personal shadows and then there's the cultural shadows, mm-hmm. yes. which is a whole other topic. Yes. yes, yes. So um, when I've talked about shadow work, um, and because you're, you're, you're saying about the social and it kind of reminds me what I've, I've kind of concluded and other people, um, have as, as well is that when you push shadow, um, or these unacceptable parts or ugliness that we don't like to look at in some way, it continues to kind of rise to the surface. It, it seeps out and sometimes it seeps out as shadow in an, and a sort of um, <laughs> negative way. And then we wonder, you know, kind of wonder, like, how can it be so bad? How can something do this? And so ignoring those shadow parts um, are detrimental. Right. So that kind of brings us back to the beauty of working with things like tarot. Because uh, if you have an intention, you want to start looking at what might be shadow material. I, I usually don't like. Um, my particular approach to the tarot is not one for uh, asking the tarot to identify those things. More like I prefer to have the tarot help me find ways to work with it, you see, mm-hmm. to give me more guidance about it rather than to specifically identify it. <laughs> because I think if I work on myself, I can identify those things, but sometimes I might need additional support or guidance or help for now what's the best way to focus on this or to work with it, or to bring it out. Maybe I need to express it loudly. Maybe I need to work on it quietly with my journal. You know, Maybe I need to specifically reach out to a counselor or a support group. Maybe I need to get back in touch with some family members that I have maybe unfinished business with, or even ancestors. Mm-hmm. So I really see the Tarot as being a guide that helps me process and bring more consciousness and awareness to what I should know are my shadow I, uh, aspects, or maybe it could help me identify those things as well through some kind of a deep exploration. In working with Tarot, and a, a, a querent would come and they um, aren't aware of what their shadow is, or there is a pink elephant in the room, and <laughs> they... Um, don't quite know how to 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 express it or deal with shadow now um having a bit of understanding of shadow as you do as well katrina i sometimes look at what they're most aggravated or or hostile around like in a, a question of why um i attracted to this type of person or you know or why are they you know what is the deal with this person and i um patterns and yes and, and and why won't they cooperate when I, you know it's like so in the complaint <laughs> may be their shadow or uh shadow becomes very um agitated 
hostile even when it's ignored as I just said or misunderstood and so sometimes we don't like to look at our shadow um I (laughs) I have a thing I say people understand why they're crazy they they really know but do they want to face it and deal with it and so in tarot we hold up this mirror and sometimes they do not you know there's times they're not going to be head on and looking at it so also when you're doing a reading maybe some of you have noticed that uh the client might say Ooh, I don't like that card or, oh, that's not true about me. Well, that's another situation where maybe some shadow material, whether they asked for it or not, is trying to come to the surface and get their attention. So now the other thing I wanted to talk about, it's interesting within the tarot world or in, in the oracle world, we actually have shadow decks, meaning here's a deck that does not follow the typical bright, sunny, cheery, whatever it is that, whatever you think a typical tarot deck is. It doesn't have uh, an interesting balance between maybe light and dark. Uh, I'm thinking of the Deviant Moon right now, one of many fantastic decks. There's also vampire decks. There's decks that are really designed to help us work with that shadowy material or the difficult things or the things that even on a cultural level uh, people are not really identifying with. And there are many more decks that are coming out that uh, people are really starting to attach to shadow, which I think is in itself for the realm of divinatory or divination tools such as Turo is interesting in itself because it, it's almost like macrocosm, microcosm, what's happening in our world and in our society and so many things that um uh, you know, shadow is being the, the spotlight is on the shadow aspect of a lot of things. For instance, um, the the Me Too movement, right, um, and all of the the things about the uh, se- sexual misconduct that has uh, come to surface. That's an aspect of shadow. And so right now, the tools, especially in Tarot, are aligning with what is happening um, in a bigger sense in the macrocosm. So I think it's very, very interesting that people are like, we need more decks that reflect the work that we're doing. And so it's it's just um, personal choice in rounds of, in terms of of decks. like myself, certain decks, <laughs> uh, I, I don't choose a deck based on, oh, I'm going to be shadow doing shadow work with this deck. Um, all, I think in, in all images, the one that you need to express whatever is at hand shows up, even if it's a, you know, pixie deck. I don't even know what a pixie deck is, but... <laughs> Thinking fairies and and sprites, fairies and sprites and pixies. The pink unicorn deck can have a shadow side as well. Right, exactly. (laughs) And and it is just true because if it's a well-rounded, well-designed deck and not one-sided like certain people, Doreen Virtue, um, then you really will have all those things in there. It does have those potentials. And I would think that anybody doing a well-rounded reading would want those potentials in their deck. Mm-hmm. And so we always, so we've kind of flipped back before, forth between the personal shadow and the collective shadow. And each is a topic onto itself. This is really fascinating. And I just encourage those of you who want to do shadow work, as, as they say, uh, healer, heal thyself. <laughs> Start working on your own shadows, whether they be personal, individual, or if they be collective. Because the more you work on yourself, 
the more uh, qualified and, and comfortable you'll be working with other folks' materials they come up. Oh, that's also true. You know, I uh, am thinking people ask, because I've been asked, well, what if I don't like my shadow? Or what if it's really not that bad? Um, or, wit, or or even a wish of, I wish I could be more like that person or this pi- person is a denial of, of self. So that's shadow. And um, I think it's not a matter of liking or disliking. It's a matter of acceptance um, and integration. So the shadow isn't something that you go, I'm going to dump that again because what if it what if, what if it's about uh you are a very very talented musician or you're a talented teacher but you can't do that because life calls for you to have another role well you know you have to try to at some point um in order to be whole integrate your shadow and yes. so that's the goal of also the the work that we do in the readings. It's about acknowledging, putting a spotlight, uh, and waiting for that integration to happen. It doesn't have to, to it, it's a work in progress to do that, right? Um, some people can jump into it immediately and go, oh, I, I, that, I, I do want to do this. I want to be this great artist. Why have I been pushing this down um, the whole time? So that's kind of like a story my own story, right? It's like in creating my deck, um, I hadn't picked up a paintbrush in, 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 uh, since 1986. And so it got pushed down and became shadow, which, uh, you know, it's like uh, messages, um, communications, old patterns, sometimes help push that pattern, uh, that shadow down, you know? And so it's like it came to surface, par- partly because of working with tarot, you know, and wanting to, to bring that to light. In fact, actually, I could say in my own life, I had a huge shadow shift where uh, I was a solitary practitioner for a little over 20 years, and uh, I was getting nudges and pushes from my local community to just come out more, which, of course, we've talked about the fact that we're both introverts. And so for me to come out, I had to have a huge, uh, like, a hurricane named after me, and my name in the local newspaper and fonts I've never seen so huge. It was like 100 font. And I went, all right, universe, I get it. I'm supposed to come out. I'm supposed to be more verbal. I'm supposed to be seen, even though I didn't want to be seen. Oh, okay. So, so yes, it's true. When you can embrace your shadow, you're really, I think, embracing something that the universe wants you to embody not just to integrate for your own purpose, but I really do believe that the universe wants and needs you. And that is part of the power of integrating all aspects of your shadow, the essence of the energy. Don't get tripped up by the way other people may choose to act out that essence, but go down to the essence of it and say, okay, this is about coming out and being seen. It doesn't mean how you're seen or what you look like or any kind of fears you have about what your personal um, profile is. It's about being seen. That's the essence. If you can get behind the being seen, the rest will take care of itself. I offer a caveat for people that read for others. And readings have a way of opening up and and opening up that shadow bag. And so... um, if, if a person hasn't, doesn't have support and or skills again to um, deal with their unexamined shadow, it can be quite, 
unsettling. And so I offer that if a if a person is contacting you or you're, you're you know you become an advisor to them and that shadow gets opened up um, it you need to support them through that because they may not have another um, support system to do that because shadow work um, some of the self ourselves that's part of that shadow has been pushed down so that we could get along with family and get along with society so if your family doesn't understand that shadow or if that's the the main cause of the struggle um you may be the only support system it reinforces why at least i teach my students it's so important to have a referral list because i mean there's only so much uh, support a let's say tarot reader can give compared to a psychotherapist or a support group or you know, 800 um, warm line where people will listen to uh, your issues. So, um, yeah, so there's there's the support you're giving as the reader who's maybe revealing these issues, but then there's the ongoing support that they're going to be looking for as well. Right. So I'm sure many of you may have more questions or this is opening up some other areas for yourself. Um, Feel free to email us, post on our Facebook page if you are interested in certain exercises and or reading material that deals with uh, shadow work and the shadow. spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. <laughs>